Okay, brothers and sisters, praises be to our loving Abba for again gathering us uh, to study his words and commandments. Welcome to another episode of the Bible History Project. The topic of our study today is the, the dual purpose of Abba Yahuwah's feast, because as we all know, we are preparing uh, to celebrate, although we already did celebrate the Feast of Trumpets back on Monday, but we will hold a special worship service to remember what Yahuwah Abba did and also to show to each and every one of you the purpose of these feasts. This is why the Bible History Project lesson for today coincides perfectly with what we're going to do in the succeeding Sabbath days to come. However, before we go ahead and proceed to the dual purpose of Abba Yahuwah's feast, let's go ahead and examine, because this is where we will jump from, let us first examine some of the passages uh, used to teach that during the days of Yahushua, we are no longer to observe the feast of Yahuwah and the feast of Yahushua. And this is recorded in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, 16 to 17. So let's look at Colossians 2, 16 and 17 and seek to understand why there are people who teach that during the Christian era, quote, unquote, we are no longer required to observe the Feast of Yahuwah. Let's read Colossians chapter 2, 16 to 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So Apostle Paul was the one who wrote this passage, and he speaks about people who are being judged in regards to the religious festivals and the Sabbath day. Now, those who use this passage how do they use, or rather misuse, this passage of the Holy Bible? Well, they say, since the Bible teaches we should not let anyone judge concerning religious festivals and the Sabbath day, and that since it is but a shadow of what is to come, referring to the Christ, then we are no longer required to observe the festivals of Yahuwah and the Sabbath day. So they use that verse to teach us that we no longer must observe these festivals. And so according to Apostle Paul, is this, is this what he was trying to teach the members of the church or assembly in Colossae? Is he telling them that they are no longer to celebrate the Sabbath day and the religious festivals? If you will read the passage and read with unbiased minds, is that what it says? In the passage, can you read Apostle Paul telling us that we should no longer observe the Sabbath or observe the religious festivals? That's not what it says. As a matter of fact, what it says is the opposite of what many people think it to be. What does Apostle Paul say? He says, do not let anyone judge you by what you are doing regarding the festivals and the Sabbath day. And so this tells us the people to whom Apostle Paul wrote this message to, are practicing the Sabbath and the religious festivals, and they are being judged by it. And so the message of Apostle Paul is not to stop the Sabbath, not to stop the religious festival, but not to be judged by people who are judging them concerning their observance of the Sabbath and the religious festival. This is why if you notice what Apostle Paul says, do not let anyone judge you. And so when we look at this passage, there is a group that is an Apostle Paul refers to as anyone who is judging them. And so Apostle Paul was giving admonition to the members of the assembly of Yahusha in Colos to, to get them to be cautious about these people who are judging them. Because Apostle Paul identified anyone, right? Do not let anyone, quote unquote, judge you. Now, who was he referring to by the phrase anyone or the word anyone who was who were judging uh, the members of the assembly in Colossus? Let's read Colossians 2, verse 18. Notice we read 16 to 17. We're going to identify this anyone, this people who were judging them concerning their observance of the Sabbath and the religious festival. We read 17. Let's read 18 to find out who this anyone is. Colossians 2 verse 18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. 
such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. So who is this group, these people who were judging the members of the assembly of Yahusha in Colossae concerning their observance of the Sabbath and the religious festivals? These represent a people, a heresy or religious movement who were involved in false humility. And what does it say right there? Worship of angels. Question. Is it good to worship angels? What is your answer? No, that is idolatry. And so the people who were telling or judging the members in Colossae concerning their observance of Sabbath and religious festivals were people who worship angels. What else did Apostle Paul say about them? Bible says, Apostle Paul says, their mind puffs up with idle notions. So clearly, what Apostle Paul's purpose was in writing the book of Colossians, and specifically in Colossians 2, 16 to 17, is to warn the members of the assembly about heretics, about philosophies, about ideologies that is against the teaching of the Holy Bible. So we too need to be warned about them. And so how does Apostle Paul further describe these people? We read 2, 18. Let's read 2, 20 to 23. Since you die with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. How else does Apostle Paul describe this people, group of people who belong to a movement or religious ideology who were judging the members in Colossae? Apostle Paul said that they have and endorse what are called human commands and teachings. Does that sound familiar? You see, during the first century, many of the so-called Pharisees were also, had also different sects. For example, the Sadducees. There were different sects of Pharisees and some of them mixed their ideologies with paganism, some with Gnosticism. And so they involved themselves with many of the principles, the basic principles of this world, philosophy. And so what do they come up with? Rules and human commandments. And so they impose upon themselves their own kind of worship. They have false humility and harsh treatment of the body. It's called asceticism. When you harm yourself physically for the purpose of appeasing yourself, appeasing the anger of the so-called gods or spiritual rulers of this world. So there were so many different ideologies in the place in Kalos, because there in Kalos, there was a mixture of many types of religions. Pharisees, paganism, heathenism. And so Apostle Paul was warning them about these people. Why? What would they do? These people who believe man-made commands and teachings. Let's go back to Colossians 2, 1 to 5. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea. So apparently this heresy, this religious movement, not only was concentrated in Colossus, but even in Laodicea. The truth is, even Ephesus and in the other assemblies of the, of the, the seven assemblies of Yahushua. And so it was rampant. This ideology, false teachings, it's become influential and is affecting the worship of many believers. So Apostle Paul said, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. And so what is the Apostle Paul's purpose in writing 
the book of Colossians. It is to give them wisdom that is found where? In Christ, Yahushua. Why must they grow in this wisdom found in the grace and found in Yahushua? So that they would not be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. You see these people responsible for this heresy and Gnosticism. They put forth fine-sounding arguments based upon human principles. And it's easy for them to deceive even the believers. And so to prevent the believers from being deceived, Apostle Paul wrote to them the book of Colossians so that they will find growth in their knowledge of Yahushua. Because Yahushua the Christ, he is the key for them to be protected against these heresy so some things we need to understand concerning the first century like what we said there is this movement called Gnosticism which involved themselves in the worship of angels pursued secret knowledge called Gnosis denied sensory pleasure Gnosis asceticism in Colossians 2 the Gnostics opposed the feast days and the other laws from Moses not only that but certain sects of the Pharisees mix their ideologies with heathenism and paganism and involve the use of the feasts and the laws of Moses to point to other spiritual rulers. This is why in Colossians 2 verse 8, what does Apostle Paul remind the members there in Colossae to do? Let's read what it says in verse 8, see to it then that no one enslaves you by means of the worthless deceit of human wisdom which comes from the teachings handed down by human beings and from the ruling spirits of the universe and not from Christ. Remember, they believe in the worship of angels. They believe in rulers and spiritualities because they're deeply rooted in paganism. They believe in other so-called gods. And so some of them incorporated the use of Sabbath, the use of the festivals, to appease the anger of their so-called gods. This is the human wisdom, the teachings concerning spirits of the universe that they were trying to deceive the members in Colossae. And so Apostle Paul says, do not be enslaved by their deceit. Why should they not be enslaved by the deceit of these people who push their religious beliefs, their paganism? To the members there in Colossae, Colossians 2, 13 and 15, you were at one time spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were Gentiles without the law. Want to pause there for a while. You notice Apostle Paul was speaking in Colossians chapter 2 to who? The Gentiles who did not have the law. It is just why the fact that they were observing the Sabbath and the religious festivals in the first place tells us Apostle Paul did not say stop observing that. They were observing it according to the teachings of Apostle Paul. And so he said, you being Gentiles without the law, but God has now brought you to life with Christ. God forgave us all our sins. He canceled the unfavorable record of our debts with his binding rules and did away with it, completed by kneeling it to the cross. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory procession. And so Apostle Paul teaching these Gentiles who in the past, they were involved in worshiping these spiritual rulers and authorities of the universe, right? So-called pagan gods. They were involved in worship like that. And so here comes some people from the different sects of Pharisees who incorporated these ideas. And so they put together the Sabbaths, their festivals of the law of Moses, and use that to gain the approval of these spiritual rulers and authorities. But Apostle Paul says, you don't need to deal with them anymore. Why? Because you were put to death in union with Yahushua, and you were brought to life in Christ. And after being brought to life in Yahushua the Christ, guess what? You don't have to answer to any other authority, except for who? Yahushua. And so that's the point. Apostle Paul is speaking to the members in Colossae, the one that you owe loyalty and complete allegiance to is one and only Yahushua the Christ. No other spiritual ruler, no other spiritual authority. After saying that, verse 15, 
What does he say next? 16 or 17. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. And so Apostle Paul, after setting up the premise, gives a conclusion, right? This is why he says, so, which is a therefore. In other words, to understand the conclusion, you need to know the premise. What's the premise? You are no longer subject to these ruling powers and authorities of the pagans. You belong to Yahushua, right? So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So what Apostle Paul is saying, you no longer need to be enslaved by the practices of paganism instead you observe the sabbaths and the festivals that point to who yahushua this is why when colossians 2 16 and 17 was written is not to teach to stop observing the sabbath or to stop the festivals of yahuwah rather to do them because they point to who yahushua this is why apostle paul says it's a shadow in other words, it points to who? The substance who is of Christ. If it's a shadow that points to Christ, what does that mean? It's important. Because remember, they're supposed to be subjects to Christ. And if the substance points to Christ, they must observe it. And this refers to the festivals, the new moons, and the Sabbaths. However, there are those who will say, but brother, why did Apostle Paul say shadow? In verse 17, in verse 17, he says, the festivals and the Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Question, did Apostle Paul say, stop observing the Sabbath because it is a shadow of the things to come? Did Apostle Paul say, stop observing the feasts because it is a shadow of the things to come and the substance is of Christ? What is the argument of some? They say because the substance, who is Christ, is here, the shadow is no longer important. Is that true? Is it true that the shadow, or is it true that the festivals and the Sabbaths point to Yahushua, our king? What is your answer? Yes, it points to our king, Yahushua. It foreshadows what Yahushua is going to do. However, does it mean that being a shadow pointing to Yahushua once Yahushua has completed them, does it mean it's no longer important? It's still important. Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, 16, 17, did not teach to cease observing Sabbaths and the festivals because they are shadows pointing to Christ. Instead, this is the important part. Instead, the Sabbaths and the festivals must be continued to be observed precisely because they find fulfillment in Christ and not other spiritual rulers or authorities in the universe. In other words, the festivals and the Sabbaths serve as a memorial to honor Yahuwah and Yahushua because the festivals of Yahuwah point to and find completion in who? Yahushua. This is why they are shadows. And so if it's fulfilled, it serves as a memorial. That's one of the purposes of the festivals to serve as a memorial. Are memorials important to Yahuwah Abba? Yes. What's an example of this? Exodus 12, 26 to 27. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say it is the Passover sacrifice of Yahuwah who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our household. So the people bow their heads and worship. What's an example of a memorial? The Passover festival. During the days of Israel, after the Passover itself, the Passover event itself, Yahuwah installed, he instituted the Passover festivals, right? What is its purpose? To serve as a memorial. What is the function of a memorial? Several. First, it is for us to remember what Yahuwah did, right? That's the purpose of a memorial. To be grateful, to be thankful for what Yahuwah God did in the past. Is this something that we ought to practice? Absolutely. 
we must never forget what Yahuwah has done in our life. This is why we have memorials. The purpose of a memorial is to remember and to be grateful and thankful for what Yahuwah God has done. What also is another purpose of a memorial? It provides an opportunity to teach our children. This is why Yahuwah Abba says when your children say, Dad, Mom, why do we do this? What's the purpose of this? Right? What do we get? What do we get the chance to do? To teach them. Oh, it's because when we were slaves in Egypt, we were oppressed by them, but Yahuwah delivered us, and he delivered us by giving us the instruction to place the blood on the door, the door frames. And so when death came over uh, all of Egypt, we were spared from death. Yahuwah God's wrath passed over us. And so we do this whole event to remember what Yahuwah God did to be thankful. And now we're teaching this to you. We need to pass on to you this memorial. So brethren, is a memorial important? Absolutely. How about after it has already been fulfilled? Is it still important? Yeah. For example, yes, it's a memorial and it points to our King Yahusha. But after Yahusha has fulfilled it, does it mean it's no longer important? Let's read Corinthians 5, 7 to 8. Get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. And so the Passover festival of Yahuwah that was given during the days of Moses did it point to Yahusha? Yes or no? Yes. It pointed to our king, Yahusha, because he would eventually become the Passover lamb. And he was killed on Passover to serve as the Passover sacrifice. So the festival pointed to Yahusha. It was a memorial, but it pointed to Yahusha. After it found fulfillment in Yahusha, does it mean we get rid of the festival? No. In fact, Apostle Paul even says, keep, keep the festival. He didn't say, forget the festival, right? This is why people who use Colossians 2, 16 to 17 to teach, we no longer should observe the festivals. Well, Apostle Paul kept it, and he instructed the brethren to keep it, right? Even though he proclaimed that Christ became the Passover lamb in fulfillment of the shadow represented by the Passover festival and so it was still to be completed why why must it continue to be observed let's read corinthians 11 23 to 26 for i received from the lord what i also passed on to you the lord yahushua on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he gave he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so when our King Yahushua fulfilled the purpose of the festival of Yahuwah, right? The Passover, by becoming the Passover lamb, did he abolish observing the Passover? No. In fact, what did our King Yahushua say? He says, eat this bread and drink this cup. Do this in, what does it say? Remembrance of me. What does that mean? What becomes of the Lord's Supper, which we often call the Holy Supper? It has become what? Ah, that's what M. Memorial. It is to remember what our King Yahushua has done. How often must we do this? We do this every Passover. To proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so being a memorial, being a shadow, doesn't mean we stop observing the festivals. We continue to observe it because when we serve, when we celebrate a memorial, we remember the blessings of Yahuwah and Yahusha. And we show we are thankful and grateful for what they have done for each and every one of us. So it's a memorial. Because it's a memorial, we have to observe it, right? What else? 
Let's go ahead and go back to Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Notice that the festivals and the Sabbaths are a shadow to come, pointing to Christ, which means the festivals and the Sabbath serve as a memorial. Not just the Passover, but the Sabbaths and the festivals serve as a memorial to honor Yahuwah and Yahusha. What else? It also mentions in Colossians 2, 16 to 17. I want you to take a look at this. Verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come. What does that mean? What does that tell you? It's telling us that the festivals and the Sabbaths point to things that are still to come, right? Because the Sabbaths and the festivals, even though they have been fulfilled by Yahushua, it doesn't mean Yahushua is already finished with his work. Is Yahushua already finished with his work? Yeah, he died on the cross, but is he finished with his work? Is Yahuwah already finished with his work? Yeah, he sent his son on the cross, but is he already finished with his work? He's not yet finished. Our King Yahushua is not yet finished. He is still working to this very hour, and he will go on working until, until the end comes, right? And even after the end comes, the work still goes on. And so the festivals and the Sabbaths still point to the things to be done by Yahuwah and Yahushua. So the Sabbaths, the festivals, are memorial for what has been done. But it also points still to the future of what will be done by Yahuwah and Yahushua. This is why the Sabbaths and the festivals, do you know what they're called by Yahuwah Abba? In Leviticus 23, 1-4, we talked about this before. The feasts of Yahuwah, they're called holy convocations. The Sabbaths, what are they called? Holy convocation. What does holy convocation mean? If we go to Blue Letter Bible, convocations, mikra, Hebrew word 4744, what does it mean? It refers not just to a gathering, but a gathering for the purpose of rehearsing. It is a rehearsal. What is the purpose of a rehearsal? It is to prepare for what is to come in the future. And so if you have faith that this event that is being promised by Yahuwah Abba will indeed take place, you'll participate in the rehearsal, right? I mean, because if you don't believe in the promise of Yahuwah Abba, if you don't believe in something that's going to happen in the future, then why are you going to participate in the rehearsal? It doesn't make any sense. But to show your faith, to show your trust in the promise of Yahuwah Abba, then you'll be a part of the rehearsal. In other words, you observe the festival. Because by observing the, the festival, what do we do? We participate in the rehearsal. If we don't participate in the rehearsal, then when the event comes, are we going to enjoy the benefit of that festival, of that event to take place in the future? What is your answer? No. We have to participate in the rehearsal. We have to observe in the festivals. And so the festivals of Yahuwah has a dual purpose. I think you can see what the dual purpose is, right? What's the dual purpose of the festivals of Yahuwah Abba? Number one, it says in the, look at the yellow highlighting. Number one, it serves as a memorial. What does that mean? We appreciate and are thankful for what Yahuwah and Yahusha has done in the past, right? But it's also a holy convocation. Even if it has been fulfilled in Yahushua, we still need to continue with the work of observing it because it still points to a future event not yet fulfilled during our time. This is why it's a holy convocation. It is a rehearsal for future events. So the festivals and the Sabbath serve as a memorial and the rehearsal to honor both Yahuwah Abba and Yahusha HaMashiach. How does it honor Yahuwah? He was the one who established it. How does it honor Yahusha? He's the one who, com who completes it. And so we both honor Yahuwah and Yahusha when we think of the festivals on the Sabbath as a memorial and a rehearsal. Well, how is it a rehearsal? Well, take a look at... Leviticus, we talked about this before concerning the festivals of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Weeks, and the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. All that points to Yahushua. And our King Yahushua performed them all according to the dates mentioned in the feasts. 
This is why our King Yahushua died on Passover. He was in the grave during unleavened bread. He was resurrected on first fruits. And he sent the gift of the Holy Spirit during the days of Pentecost. And so he, it pointed forward to our King Yahushua, right? So it was a memorial and it's also a rehearsal. How about the Sabbath? Is that also a memorial and a rehearsal? What is your answer? Is the Sabbath a memorial and a rehearsal? Yeah? Hmm. Well, if, it's a, if, the, if the Sabbath is a memorial, what did it memorialize? Right? Well, let's go ahead and look. Exodus 28 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahuwah your God. In it you shall do no work. You nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, in six days, what does it say? Yahuwah made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Yahuwah blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Question, is the Sabbath a memorial? Yes, because we remember what Yahuwah did for six days and then rested on the seventh. What did he do for six days? He created the heavens and the earth for six days. On the seventh day, he rested. He memorialized this by giving us what? The Sabbath. And so when we observe the Sabbath, we remember the work of Yahuwah's creation. Is the work of Yahuwah's creation an act of love? Yes or no? Yes. He didn't have to create this, but he created it out of his love because he wants to have fellowship with us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And so he wants us to remember that his work of love in creating the universe, in creating life. He wants us to memorialize that. This is why we continue to observe the Sabbath. Question, the Sabbath, does that also find fulfillment in Christ? Yeah. How so? Let's read the book of Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are come, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The, the Sabbath. Does it find fulfillment in Yahushua? Yes or no? Yeah. Do you remember what the purpose of Sabbath was? It was so that we can find refreshment, rejuvenation, right? So that we can be set free from the yoke of slavery. Right now, what are human beings a slave of? What is it? He's a slave of sin and death, right? He is yoked to sin and death. That's the heavy burden. The heavy, the late, the heavy laden referred to there. The burden that he carries is the burden of sin, which brings with it death. And so they're forever yoked with death and sin. This is why they're laboring. And they need to find freedom from that. They need to find rest from that. Where do we find this freedom? Where do we find this rest for our souls? What does it say? In our king, Yahushua. That's why he says, come to me, all you who are heavily laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. How can we find rest in Yahushua? By being yoked together with him. What does that mean? We become partners with him. We become parts of his body. We become his servants. When this happens, guess what? We are now one with him. And we are set free from the law of sin and death. And so we find rest in Yahusha. Does it mean that we have found complete rest here on earth? Not yet. It's going to find a complete fulfillment and even more complete fulfillment in the future this is why even after our king yahushua died on the cross the sabbath continues to be observed why because it still points forward to something in the future right when yahushua died on the cross 
the work is not the, the work of our complete rest is not yet finished. What's the proof? Revelation 14, 12 to 13. When, when can we say that we will find this complete rest promised by our King Yahusha and Yahuwah? Revelation 14, 12 to 13. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yahusha. Then I, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. And so when our King Yahushua said, come to me and you will find rest, we find forgiveness from our sins. However, the actual physical rest, when will that be? Not till later on. Not till after this event that our, the Bible speaks about. And so even after our King Yahusha died on the cross, the Sabbath is not, is not just a memorial. It's still a rehearsal. It's a rehearsal for a day when we will find this rest mentioned in Revelation 14, 12 to 13. Where shall we find that? Isaiah 66, 22, 23. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make shall remain before me, says Jehua, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another. All flesh shall come to worship before me, says Yahuwah. When shall we find complete fulfillment of the Sabbath rest that was found in our King Yahusha? When is it? During the millennial kingdom. Do you know how long the millennial kingdom is for? How many years? A thousand years, right? And so for one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, Yahuwah created the universe. Remember, it's a memorial, right? When we observe the Sabbath, we observe the memorial. Six days he created the universe. On the seventh day, he rested. One day, according to Apostle Peter, is as a thousand years. And so do you see how it's connected? The memorial, in terms of remembering Yahuwah's work of creating the heavens and the earth and resting on the seventh day, will find its complete fulfillment on the day when our King Yahushua returns and brings the kingdom so that we can find the promised rest of his people through him. When is this? The millennial kingdom. This is why even after Yahushua died on the cross, we still observe the Sabbath. Why? Because it's a rehearsal. It's a rehearsal for that promised rest in the millennial kingdom. Do you see why the Sabbath is both a memorial and a what? A rehearsal. Memorial and rehearsal. What else is a memorial and rehearsal? Leviticus 24, 42. During those seven days, all of you who are native Israelites are to live in these shelters. The purpose of this is to remind the people of Israel, generation after generation, that I rescued you from Egypt and caused you to live in shelters. I am Yahuwah, your God. Okay, what festival or feast is being referred to here? What festival? Festival of? Shelters, festival of tabernacles. Remember, it's a memorial. What's the purpose of this memorial? What must they remember? How Yahuwah Abba rescued and took care of them in shelters while they were traveling in the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, which is a dangerous place, who took care of them? Who took care of them? Yahuwah. In the wilderness, you have darkness because during that time, they had no light, right? I mean, if you're in the wilderness, you have all this darkness, it becomes a dangerous place, right? If they were not in the city, they were in the wilderness. And so Yahuwah protected them by being a guide for them in the tabernacle. Do you know what was provided in the tabernacle while they were journeying in the wilderness? You know what Yahuwah provided? What did he provide? Light. His presence lighted the people. And so they found guidance in Yahuwah's light in the tabernacle while the people were in shelters. And so the purpose of the shelters was to remind the people 
about what they went through during those days of wandering in, the, in their journey across the wilderness. You know, during our time, in many ways, we are much like those Israelites because this world, right, is likened to what? It's like a wilderness. We're going through the wilderness, right? Do we also need the light of Yahuwah? Absolutely. The tabernacle that provided light during these wilderness journeys, what did that point to? It pointed to the temple because the tabernacle eventually became the temple. The temple, what did it point to? Yahusha. Yahusha. Because that becomes the body of Yahusha. And so during our time, when this was completely fulfilled, who also tabernacled with us. Let's read the book of John, 1, 9 to 14. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to him, he came to him, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so how was the tabernacle during the days of the shelters, during the wilderness journey, what did that point to? The coming of Yahushua. So Yahushua would become the light for the people of the world. That's why the Bible says the word became flesh. Yahushua, the plan or logos of God, the living Torah, became manifested in flesh as a human being. When he was here on earth, he wanted to show the people how to be guided as we live in this world. And so Yahushua became the fulfillment of that tabernacle, of that temple. And so when Yahushua was here, we were supposed to follow him. But the Bible says the people, his own people did not follow him. But those who want to follow him and believe in him, they get to be the one guided by the light of Yahushua. Does it mean, however, that after Yahushua came, we stop observing tabernacles? No, we do. Why? Because like what we said, not only is it a memorial, right? It's also what again? A rehearsal. What are we rehearsing for? Is there a future tabernacles? Yes. Zechariah 14, 16 to 19. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, Yahuwah of hosts, and to keep the feasts of tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Yahuwah of hosts, on them there will be no rain. If the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague which Yahuwah strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of the nations that do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. When will this event be? The Millennial Kingdom. The Millennial Kingdom. The thousand years. Do you notice how so much of the Sabbath and the feasts are rehearsals for the upcoming kingdom? You see that? This is why we're not supposed to stop observing the Sabbath even after Yahushua died resurrected and went to heaven why because he's going to come back and what's going to happen yahuwah will bring his kingdom here and who will reign our king yahusha right and so the observance of the the feasts is our rehearsal an expression of our faith that this kingdom of god that is foretold in scripture it will indeed come to pass and we're preparing for that we are rehearsing by observing the Feast. But it's not, it's not just that, though. They're observing the festivals in Zechariah, the millennial kingdom, because it points even further forward in the future. When? Let's read Revelation 21, 1 to 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Want to pause it for a while? Is this still the millennial kingdom? No. This is now the eternal kingdom, right? The new heavens and the new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. The night John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, 
prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a Lord, a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. But also, does the observing of the Feast of Tabernacles, even during the Millennial Kingdom, point to? It still points forward to the Eternal Kingdom. In the Eternal Kingdom, what will God do? Bible says God himself, right? He's going to tabernacle with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. We're going to have this incredible closeness with God. We will feel and see his Shekinah glory that could not be felt here on earth. That is for the eternal kingdom. Okay. All right. So what else? Well, Exodus 12, 26 to 27. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? Then you shall say it is the Passover sacrifice of Yahuwah, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worship. What festival is this? What festival is it? Passover, right? What was the memorial purpose of Passover? It's to remember what Yahuwah did. He passed, his wrath passed over what? The children of Israel. When Yahusha died on the cross, he became the Passover lamb. However, does it mean we stop observing the Passover? No, we still, we still observe it. Why? Because there's a part of this prophecy that's not yet fulfilled. Did you notice it says here, the wrath of God, right? Death passed over the households. When Yahusha came and he promised solution to death, has that been fulfilled already? Not yet. When will that be fulfilled? On the day of wrath. Because on the day of wrath, those who belong to Yahusha, those who bear his blood, the wrath of God will pass over them. It's not fulfilled yet. Even for those who belong to Yahushua. We're still waiting for that day. When that day happens. When the day of wrath has finally come. We will be spared. We will be delivered. This is why because it hasn't, been, it hasn't come yet. What are we doing now? We are rehearsing. Right? It's not just a memorial. It's also a what? A rehearsal. The truth is there are many aspects that are still rehearsals concerning this Passover. What also did our King Yahushua say? Yes, he fulfilled this. But when he fulfilled it, what did he also instruct us? What did he also promise us? Let's read Matthew 26, 26 to 29. While they were eating, Yahushua took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, take and eat. This is my body. And he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We all know this. Our King Yahushua established the Passover meal, which is his Passover, right? He became the Passover lamb, right? And so when he established this, he established the new covenant, right? Does it mean we stop observing this meal established by Yahushua because he already fulfilled it? He died. He resurrected. He ascended to heaven. Does it mean we stop observing this? No, because it's a memorial, right? We remember our King Yahushua. We remember his sacrifice. We remember his death. It's a memorial. But not only is it a memorial, it's also a what? What is it? Our rehearsal. What's the proof? Verse 28. Let's read verse 29. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. This is why not only is it a memorial, it's also a rehearsal for what event? The day when we will be in the Father's kingdom. What is that kingdom? Well, let's read Luke 22, 13 to 18. They left and found things just as Yahushua had told them. So they prepared the Passover. They observed the Passover, right? When the hour came, Yahushua and his apostles reclined at the table 
And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so when our King Yahushua established the Passover meal, the Lord's Supper, Yahu, uh, the, the Holy Supper, he gave the bread to eat, the, uh, the cup to drink, right? Was that in fulfillment of Yahuwah's Passover? Yeah. But was it completely fulfilled? Was it? No. You notice what he said in verse 16? Until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. When our King Yahushua suffered and died on the cross, does it mean he stopped working? Or is there something else that needs to be done? Like what we said, these festivals, these feasts, they have future fulfillment when? It points not only to what Yahusha Christ did long ago, but it also points to what Yahusha, our Christ, will do in the future. When is that future? The, com the coming kingdom of God, the millennial king. Does it make sense that Yahuwah's feasts is a memorial? And the what again? A rehearsal. Well, how about the day of trumpets? We're almost done. We'll conclude here, the day of trumpets. Why do we celebrate and observe the day of trumpets? Leviticus 23, 24. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. And so what is our purpose in observing the day of trumpets? It's a memorial. And it's a holy convocation or a rehearsal. And so it's both a memorial and a rehearsal. A memorial of what? What was memorialized with the blowing of trumpets? Exodus 19, 16. Uh, on the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn and all the people trembled. And the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. Yahuwah came down on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. So what was memorialized by the blowing of trumpets? That day when Yahuwah came down and went to Mount Sinai to establish a covenant with his people Israel through the mediator Moses. This was to be memorialized. And so when we blow the trumpets, we remember Yahuwah establishing his covenant. But not only is it a memorial, it's also a convocation. It's also a rehearsal. What are we preparing for? What are we having faith in that it also will be initiated by the blowing of trumpets? Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. What also is to be introduced, to be initiated by the blowing of trumpets. It is that day when we shall be caught up together in the clouds to be with our King, Yahushua the Christ, on his appearing those who belong to Christ, what shall happen to them? They shall be caught up together with Yahusha. If they died, they will resurrect. If they're still alive, they will be with Christ and will never die again. Do you believe in this day when Yahusha will come? Because if we believe, then we need to prepare for it. How do you prepare for that? We have to have a rehearsal. What's the rehearsal? The holy convocations, the festivals of Yahuwah. Remember when the trumpets were blown back in Sinai, who descended from heaven to go to Mount Sinai? Who was it? Yahuwah. The trumpets will be blown again. This time who will descend from heaven? The Bible says it is the son of God. 
before Yahuwah came down to bring a covenant. This time the Son of God will come down to complete the purpose of that covenant. To bring us, to bring us into glory together with our King, Yahushua. What shall we enjoy? What shall become of us after the blowing of trumpets? Corinthians 15. Now this I say, brethren, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. What shall become of our bodies at the sound of that trumpet? It will be changed. Into what kind of body? A body that is incorruptible. A body which will be immortal. It will be a glorious body. Why are, will our bodies be changed? Because Yahuwah God and Yahushua HaMashiach will want us to dwell in heaven. Because we cannot inherit the kingdom of God unless our bodies are going to be changed. This is why the sounding of the trumpet will bring in a miracle. Do you believe in miracles, brothers and sisters? Do you believe in miracles? If we have faith in miracles, then let's rehearse for it. How do we rehearse for this miracle of our King Yahuwah? Let us, by faith, observe the festivals of Yahuwah as completed by Yahusha, our Mashiach. They go together. Yahusha and Yahuwah, they're not yet done with their work. Not yet. Because if they were done, why do we still suffer? Why do we still die? Or it's not yet finished. Yahuwah's going to complete it through Yahusha. Yahusha will come back and complete it. And when they come back, he will take us with him. And our bodies will be changed. And after that, what also is going to happen? Revelation 11, then the seventh angel sounded. These were the angels with the trumpets. Seven angels. The seventh angel will be the last trumpet. What will happen? There will, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And so Yahuwah's kingdom will be brought to earth. And Christ, his Christ, will be ruling together with us. We will rule, co-rule together with our King Yahusha in the millennial kingdom. This is why the, set, the festivals and the Sabbaths is not abolished. When Apostle Paul says it's a shadow, it's a memorial, but it's also a shadow of things to come. A rehearsal, a preparation for what Yahusha, our King, will continue to do manifested in the millennial kingdom. And so brethren, if we believe and have faith in the promises of Yahuwah Abba, through Yahusha HaMashiach, then we will continue to observe the Sabbath and also the festivals of Yahuwah Allahim. That is our lesson. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba, yes. Yahuwah, thank you so much yes. for all of your blessings. Yes. You have given us guidelines. Yes. You have given us laws to live by, yes. the standard by which we can determine if we are living a life pleasing to you. Amen. Help us, O loving Abba, yes. to observe your commands, yes. to observe your festivals, yes. which we know are holy convocations yes. for us to prepare ourselves as expressions of our faith and trust Amen. in you and in your promises through Yahushua yes. that all these things will indeed come to pass. Amen. Our loving Mashiach, when you were nailed to the cross, yes, you Lord. cried out, it is finished, because you paid for the sins of people. Amen. Now that we belong to you, we know yes. you will continue on with the work of bringing the kingdom here on earth. Yes. And so we rehearse in this ongoing work that you will establish the kingdom of Yahuwah Abba, yes. and we will be with you forevermore. And so teach us to observe the Sabbath. Teach yes. us to observe the festivals in the way pleasing to Abba. 
in yeah. a way honoring him and honoring you because the purposes of his festivals is above you and the work that you have done and will do in the future. Amen. Father, please bless us as we prepare ourselves yes. for the upcoming festivals. Yes. Help yes. us, Father, to be able to express our love for you. Yes. And as we do so, please, may you shower upon us the strength we need, the power we need. Yes. So until the very end, we can obey completely yes. all of your teachings and commandments. Amen. We believe, loving Abba, that you have listened to our prayers. Yes. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.